All right. Good evening. Welcome to the Lowy Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Pastor Jay. And uh, as I mentioned last week, we're going to start getting into that that uh, verse by verse Bible study on the Book of Ephesians. Um, and by way of a preface to that, I guess this week I wanted to kind of separate out. Originally, I had planned on doing this as a part of the introduction, which will be now next week. Uh, the introduction on uh, Ephesians. We'll talk about authorship and recipients and dating and setting and key themes and, and purposes and things like that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. And uh, hopefully my good friend Travis Welch will be with us uh, for the rest of this series for that starting next week. Um, but And I had planned on doing this segment as a, as a sort of a tag on at the end of that one, but I wanted to pull this out and do its own thing uh, this week. I want to talk about my top five commentary recommendations for the book of Ephesians. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the year for this podcast, I wanted to make content that is easily accessible and usable uh, for you know part-time pastors, even full-time pastors, busy pastors, uh, you know even laypersons that are Sunday school teachers and whatnot, or just anybody that wants to do you know basic Bible study and. Uh, I wanted to be able to do this, and I figured something like commentary searches, I, I know I've done that myself and trying to find what are the best commentaries on any given book of the Bible. And so I wanted to kind of give sort of a, a mini review of my recommendations of the top five commentaries. And much like many of these types of videos, there are actually about 10 or 11 that I'm actually going to mention because I'll have my honorable mentions and whatnot. Uh, but I do want to kind of list off my top recommendations for commentaries. And so I'm going to jump right into it. Um, there are a couple of issues that you need to keep in mind when you're looking for commentaries on the book of Ephesians. And uh, we'll get into this in a couple weeks when we get into chapter 1 of Ephesians on the actual verse-by-verse -verse study. But uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, contains some theologically charged words uh, like predetermined or predestined or elected or chosen. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, Reformed theology and Calvinistic theology that goes with that, and, and that's, of course, one of their favorite passages they like to, to use to, to espouse their viewpoints. And so any commentary that you're looking at, really you can look at certain passages like that to kind of see, okay, where, where's this commentator going to go uh, based upon this? And so we'll talk a little bit about that, but, the, you know, there are some things you need to know there. There's also some questions about the authorship, which we'll get into detail next week. Um, at least one of these commentaries that I'm going to mention today does not believe that Paul actually wrote the book to Ephesians. And so if that's a problem for you, you need to be aware of that before you pick up that commentary. Because for the most part, in this particular case, it doesn't affect his exegetical study of the book of Ephesians, but there are a couple of places where it does sort of influence it. And so that, that assumption that he makes, that, that Paul did not write it. So uh, just keep those things in mind. So jumping into it. My number five commentary that I recommend is the NIV application commentary by a guy named, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Klein Snodgrass, which is quite a name. Um, might be Snoodgrass, but I think it's Snodgrass. I'm not sure. But uh, I actually, I'm a big fan of this series. Uh, I, have a, I have a number of these, probably at least a dozen of these uh, commentaries, Old and New Testament on the NIV application uh, series. These are some good, just solid pastoral uh, commentaries. Usually I will turn to one of these at the end if I'm preparing a sermon for, for the week. 
Um, because whereas they do have, they have excellent exegetical, you know, breakdowns, verse by verse, kind of going through, or at least section by section, going through exegetical um, commentary on the passage, where I find their greatest value is in the two sections that they call bridging, uh, bridging context, which is uh, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, about kind of bridging that hermeneutical gap between the there and then and the here and now. You know, some, some issues, it's like, here are the principles that you can pull out that we can kind of bridge to, to where we are now. And then it has a contemporary application section, which is somewhat similar, but also different uh, in a lot of respects. And there are different issues that they pull up in this series. And so I like this series for that. It's very, very helpful uh, for sermon preparation, for illustrations, for, for finding application and things like that. Although... Like I said, the, the exegetical commentary is also good, but I think there are other commentaries that do it better uh, as far as I'm concerned personally. But, but I love those sections of it. So I definitely recommend this one. Um, this Ephesian commentary, like I said, they do great exegetical work. This is one of the better ones uh, that I have found. Uh, there, there are a number of these that are, that are really, really good. Some of them are not as good as others. This is one of the better ones, and, and uh, I highly recommend this commentary, the NIV Application Commentary on Ephesians by Klein Snodgrass. My number four commentary recommendation, which might surprise some people if you're familiar, uh, because it's kind of low on the list, but uh, is the New International Commentary on the New Testament by F.F. Bruce. And this is actually on the epistles to the Colossians, Philemon, and Ephesians. So. It's, um, it's a little light uh, as far as page count and content uh, because, you know, it's, it's probably about a four or 500 page book. Let's see. Yeah, it's a 400 page book, but of that only maybe 100, 150 pages are actually devoted to Ephesians. And so it's kind of light compared to a lot of these other commentaries that I'm going to, to be talking about. But that being said, F.F. Bruce is one of the premier, uh, you know, New Testament scholars of the last generation. And so... Um, you, you're not going to go wrong with anything from from FF Bruce, and so this has been the gold standard for for many many years. And this one's been around for a while. I want to say 80s. When was this one written? Uh, 1984. Yeah. So this one's been the, around for a while. Now there actually are some newer, updated uh, commentaries in this series. They do revisions and do updated ones from time to time. Uh, ones that have been done recently, there was one, I, I, I want to say off the top of my head, I think it was Scott McKnight that did a one on the Colossians, uh, and maybe Philemon too, and then there's one that's come out recently, I want to say 2020, that was by a lady named Lynn Kohick that did on Ephesians. Now, I, w I would like to review that one, but I don't have that one. Um, I have not purchased that one, just haven't had opportunity to get hold of it. From the reviews and the, and the comments that I've seen, it seems to be a worthy replacement to this original one from F.F. Bruce, and, and she brings some interesting uh, female perspectives, uh, and, and her studies and her um, emphasis and her Ph.D. background are in women's studies from New Testament perspectives uh, in um, marriage contracts and marriage you know, covenant relationships and how those things work. And so that particular will be influential in uh, like Ephesians 5 when you get into the household codes and things like that. I've heard that she brings some, some unique perspectives and things that you may not have seen before. Uh, but like I said, I can't review that one because I don't have it. But uh, that is one that's kind of on my list that I kind of want to try to pick up at some point. But until then, we're still going with the good old F.F. Bruce at number four uh, for that. 
My number three commentary, I don't have that one physically, as I, as I mentioned before, about half and half on, on my commentaries are digital uh, or on Logos software. Um, but this, this one I have digitally is the Baker Exegetical Commentary on the New Testament. The Baker Exegetical Commentary series is excellent. Uh, just about every one of those commentaries you're not going to go wrong with. Um, they, they are all excellent. The, the layout and, and the way that they have arranged it is very, very easy to read and easy to follow. Um, I, can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, the, the Baker Exegetical Commentary on Ephesians is by Frank Thielman. I think I'm saying that right, Thielman, Thielman. Um, and he actually is an expert in Ephesians and in Ephesus, and he's done a lot of uh, his Ph.D. work and a lot of his area of expertise is in sort of um, that early um, first century Greek sort of culture and, and background around that area in Asia Minor. And so... Uh, he brings a lot to the table as far as the cultural background of Ephesians that, that will play out in the actual commentary uh, that he writes. And so uh, I highly recommend that series as well, the Baker Exegetical Commentary. That's my number three. Now, my number two recommended commentary, and this is another one that I only have in digital format. Uh, originally, it was just in digital. It was uh, written for or made ex exclusively for Logos Bible Software, I think. Uh, and it's only been in the recent years that they've actually printed it out in physical editions. So I don't have the physical edition. I only have a digital version of this. Uh, is the Evangelical Exegetical Commentary Series on Ephesians by S.M. Bao. B-A-U-G-H, I believe is how it's pronounced, Bao. And um, th this is excellent. I, I love this series. This guy has done an amazing job and, and really... Um, Bring some unique perspectives in a couple of passages. I mean that, and I haven't, I haven't even read all of this one yet. It's just I, I've had it for years and just you know kind of pulled it out as I'm getting ready to do this series on Ephesians. I haven't preached in Ephesians in a while, and uh, so I've only kind of glanced through it. But I mean, just from what I've looked at, I'm, I'm really enjoying the readability of it, and yet the depth of what he brings to the table and. Uh, and some some comments that are even uh, kind of unique. Uh, so he kind of he's not just rehashing. You know, F.F. F. Bruce or some of these other guys, even though he does he does reference them or quote them and, and, you know, in the footnotes and whatnot from time to time. But he's really kind of bringing his own perspective on this. And, and of course, his background also is an area of expertise is in Ephesians and, and Ephesus and, that, and the uh, ancient uh, Asia Minor studies and things like that. And so he's bringing some some good expertise to that as well. So that's my number two recommendation at this time. Now, before I get into my number one, which I'm going to give you a, a preview, my number one is actually two, and so I know I'm kind of cheating again, but uh, so I have a 1A and a 1B. But before I get into that, I wanted to kind of mention some of my honorable mentions. And uh, these are all, all of these are excellent commentaries. I recommend all of them. I just couldn't fit them all into my top five. Uh, maybe I should have just done a top ten. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to mention these. Um, the Word Biblical Commentary by Andrew Lincoln is considered gold standard uh, by most uh, critical scholars. I mean, he, if you're looking for uh, text critical issues and the, the, uh, the you know, proper conjunctions of the verbs and the exegetical breakdowns of the, the Greek uh, parsings and, and things like that, you, you're not going to go wrong with the Word Biblical Commentary series as a whole. But Andrew Lincoln is absolutely phenomenal in that regard and so this is considered gold standard so when I'm wanting to do a word study when I'm wanting to really kind of dig into 
um, you know, a, a particular passage or phrasing in the Greek. Um, in, in the book of Ephesians, this is the one, one that I turn to. Um, the only caveat I have, and the reason he's kind of further down on the list, at least as far as I am concerned, uh, is two reasons. Number one, this is one the guy I was mentioned earlier. He does not believe that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, and he writes a pretty lengthy argument that's actually a fairly well-reasoned argument for why Paul didn't write the book to Ephesians, or the letter to the Ephesians. Um, but I disagree with that, and I, I think the, the arguments for are much greater than the arguments against, although he does write a compelling argument and reason for it, and he, he devotes a, quite a number of pages to that. Uh, the other reason is I'm just not a fan of the word biblical commentary format. It's just not easy to read. I remember even going back to my seminary days, and, you know, and, and word biblical commentaries were almost always on the list of any paper you're writing because, like I said, they're just one of those top-ranked critical series. But man, are they annoying to try to read and dig through? It's just they're boring. <laughs> it's just they're boring to read, and so it's just it's just the format. It's not it's not that his content is bad. His content is great, and actually his is one of the more readable ones that I've seen. I just really hate the format of the word biblical commentary series, and so uh, I don't. I'm not sure what it is. It just it just doesn't. It maybe graphically it just doesn't look as good as like the Baker, for example, or the Zondervan that we'll talk about in a minute, but. Uh, I'm just not a fan of that format, and so I, that's why he's kind of he's he's right outside. He might be six or seven, uh, but this is definitely one of the top commentaries to consider as well. Um, one that I'm going to mention, I have not actually, I don't own, I haven't read, but I've seen great reviews on is the is the Brian Chapel's commentary out of the Reformed exegetical commentary series. Um, now the caveat to that is, of course, the word is reformed and so you're going to get the reformed calvinistic perspective on ephesians 1 and other places in the book of ephesians and so if you're not buying into that line of theology then you know this commentary is going to be less useful to you although i've heard great comments and reviews on this and so i, I would recommend it from that regard it's, it's widely considered in the top 10 uh you know commentaries to consider for the book of ephesians uh, one I do recommend uh, that I, ha I have just about every commentary in the New Testament in this series is the John MacArthur, MacArthur New Testament commentary series. Um, you know, these are not, you know, highly critical. They're not, you know, scholarly tomes. These are more for pastoral use. So if you're a pastor, if you're, and especially if you're, you know, preparing for a Sunday school class or a Bible study or even personal Bible study, I would turn to this first before anything else, honestly, because... He does excellent exegetical work. He actually is, uh, does really good deep research uh, in a lot of places. Um, and I, whereas I don't agree 100% with everything that John MacArthur teaches or believes, I'm in line with it. I'm, I'm tracking with a lot of what he says. And so there's not a whole lot of places where I'm going to disagree with him. And so I find uh, and his commentaries are highly readable uh, and very, very per, uh, useful for uh, sermon preparation and Bible study. And so I highly recommend the MacArthur series on the book of Ephesians here as well. Uh, another good one, and this is just another good series, is the Bible Speaks Today series and uh, The Message of Ephesians by John Stott. And it's just a tiny little book, and um, I have this one in digital format, so I don't have it to show you. But I want to say it's only like 120, 150 pages. These are really, really good. And they, they do give, like, you know, he gives passage-by-passage passage commentary, but the, its main goal is to give you kind of the overall message and the overall themes and, and kind of key ideas and main ideas of each section 
Uh, and he does an excellent job of that. You know, when you're a pastor, you're trying to find that main idea of a passage to be able to kind of break it down for your for a congregation. And so that's an excellent book to be able to do that. I love that series. Uh, and just about every book that I, at least all the books that I own from that series are, are excellent that I have seen. And so I recommend that one. The last one I'm going to mention as we're getting ready to go, to go into my top picks is the uh, Pillar New Testament commentary series, which I, I recommend that series as well. Uh, most most every one of the, the commentaries I've seen in that series are all top quality, excellent ones. The one on Ephesians is written by a guy named Peter O'Brien. Now, I would tell you if it weren't for this one major issue, this would be hands down my top number one pick. And uh, the ones I'm going to mention would be 2A and 2B. Uh, this would be my top pick. Um, the reason why it's in the honorable mentions and not actually on my list is for one major reason. Uh, unfortunately, a few years ago, Peter O'Brien uh, was found out to have plagiarized. And so there is significant evidence, most, most, um, most prevalent in his, I believe it's also the Pillar New Testament series on the book of Hebrews, which is, was considered at the time the number one top commentary on Hebrews. Um, I actually own that one, and um, I don't have the physical copy, but I fortunately have the digital copy version of Ephesians commentary, and I do use it, and I love it, but because of the plagiarism issue, and it, it was, um, I mean, he, he wrote an apology and everything, and it's, it's, it, he says it was not intentional, and it might not have been intentional, it just seems uh, like really, really bad scholarship, uh, he, he, you know, basically quoted word for word some people and didn't cite them as, as some of the examples that I've seen. So it's pretty bad. And, and to the point where the publishers from, I mean, pretty much every commentary that he has written in a couple of different series, not just Pillar, have been pulled uh, by the publishers. And, the, and, and so obviously the plagiarism is, is a big issue. You can't use those commentaries for academic work. If you were going to, if you're a seminary student, you're wanting to, to write a commentary. I mean, write a, a paper using this commentary, not going to happen because of the plagiarism. You're going to have to, you're going to have to scrap that and find it somewhere else. Um, from my perspective, the plagiarism is less of an issue because I mean, all of these commentaries are just giving me stuff to, to preach. And so I'm not that worried about that from, I mean, there's the ethical concerns, but as far as using the information, it's not that big of a deal for me. The biggest problem and the reason why I can't recommend it to you is because because they have been pulled by the publisher, they are impossible to find. And if you can find one, you're going to pay a bunch of money for it. Uh, I've seen ones going for upwards of four and five hundred dollars on Amazon or online you know, stores. And so I am fortunate, like I said, to have, you know, have this copy uh, that I had from years and years ago that was, I got a couple of years before the whole plagiarism thing went down. Uh, and so I, I'm fortunate to already have that. But if you were trying to find a copy of this pillar uh, commentary on Ephesians by Peter O'Brien, you're not going to find it. I just, I did a search uh, yesterday just trying to see if I could even find one on Amazon. None, not one. And so uh, you're, that's why I can't recommend it. It's, it's an honorable mention because if you can't get your hands on it and you're not going to pay, you know, more than, you know, I, it's probably worth 30 or $40. If you pay, you know, much more than that, it's not going to be worth it. But uh, if you're paying, you know, a ton of money, if you can find it and you're not having to pay a ton of money, you find it at a, you know, a used bookstore or at a garage sale, then great. I recommend it. Pick it up. It's one of the top commentaries. If you don't mind 
or you can overlook, I guess, the plagiarism ethic issue. Um, but, but otherwise, that's why it's on honorable mentions and not in the top of the list. So, that being said, let's get to my top two, uh, 1A and 1B, my top commentaries on the book of Ephesians. And these are the commentaries that I turn to first. Um, and I'm going to mention sort of 1B, I guess, first. And uh, is this book by Howard, or Harold Honer, I guess is how it's pronounced. It's H-O-E-H-N-E-R, Honer, Honer. Um, this thing is almost a thousand pages long. This is hands down the most comprehensive exegetical commentary on the book of Ephesians in the world, at least in the modern era. And uh, this, this, is a, this uh, gentleman was a, a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary for a number of years. Uh, this was his magnum opus. I mean, th this was his his masterpiece, his Mona Lisa, and he, you know, every page just shows. Um, this uh, this commentary is particularly useful, and I and I've already been into this one as I'm getting ready to do the introduction for the Book of Ephesians next week. This commentary, more than any other commentary, interacts with is probably the most in depth research into the authorship of the book of Ephesians than any other commentary. I mean, he gives, I want to say, 60, 65 pages at the beginning of this book just talking about the authorship, and he defends the authorship of, of Ephesians as being Pauline. Um, and he, I mean, he covers every angle and every basis that you can imagine. And so if, you're, if you have serious questions about the authorship of Ephesians and you wanted to know what all the arguments are from all the other commentators that have been around for you know, years, well, I mean, even back in the ancient times, this is the commentary to turn to. Um, he, he shows that same kind of devotion and, and digging in in just about every passage in the book of Ephesians. Like I said, you're talking a thousand-page book on a, you know, a little six-chapter letter of Ephesians. And so um, this book is very, very comprehensive. Now, that being said, the reason it's not hands-down, number one, is because, as, a, as one reviewer said, I, I kind of like the way he worded it, he definitely, you know, he doesn't just lose, miss the forest for the trees by focusing on the trees. He dissects the trees. He cuts them down, cuts them in half, dissects them, digs under the roots, and digs down into the mud underneath the trees. This guy digs deep. And so if, you, if you're wanting to chase every possible rabbit trail, every possible, you know, connotation of every single, you know, word and phrase in the Greek, in, in the book of Ephesians, this is the book for you. But it does kind of lose the main idea, the main focus, and the main point of the arguments that Paul is making, missing the forest with the trees by focusing in so much. So I recommend, this is my top rated one, my 1A. This is uh, Clint, Clinton Arnold's commentary in the Zondervan Exegetical Commentary series on Ephesians. And this one's about four or 500 pages. That's eh, 400 pages long. And uh, this one is excellent. I love, I, once again, I can't recommend this one highly enough. I, I love this uh, commentary series. I have a number, probably half a dozen in the New Testament on this series. Um, I love the arrangement. I love the layout. It gives you the actual Greek, not transliterated, the actual Greek. And so if you know Greek, you're able to see that and, and word it with the, with the uh, translation that they give. It goes section by section and gives you know, wonderful exegetical commentary. And then it has a, 
I believe it's uh, Theology in Action, it's called, or Theology in Application, maybe, section at the end where it breaks it down and gives you, not, I mean, it's not just a critical exegetical commentary, it gives you actual practical application for this passage as well. This is my top recommendation for the Book of Ephesians, this, this uh, series uh, book and the Zondervan exegetical commentary series. I use this one first. When I'm looking at a passage in Ephesians, this is where I go first, and when I want to dig deeper, I go to Honer to dig into the deeper sections, and then I go to these other ones as well. So there are my top five commentary picks for the book of Ephesians. And so uh, comment in the comments below if you guys have other commentaries that you have used that you highly recommend. Throw those down in the comments and below, and uh, we'll, we'll be able to add those in the list. Uh, these are just my personal recommendations. It's all based on opinion. I hope I've given you a good you know, idea of where you can go if, as you're getting ready to prepare to study for uh, this series that we're going to be starting next week. So next week, hopefully my buddy Travis will be with us and we'll be starting the introduction into the book of Ephesians. See you guys next time. Have a great week.